0: Man of many talents. I don't think it's turning on again, is it? Look at that <laughs> Enter Superman theme There we go, alright, let me find a message, here we go You all full from a lovely lunch, it's good I usually come out and have lunch with everyone But I just needed to take a little breather So I hope you're all okay with that all right, we can catch up after anyway, that'll be fun. All right, so did you enjoy this morning? Were you blessed? Okay. Yeah, you're allowed to say no too if you weren't. <laughs> we're do real here. Um, so this afternoon we're going to get into a little bit more of a workshop space um, with getting unstuck because it's just such a um, a thing that we find, isn't it, when we're dealing with real life issues and, and life that we do have times where we get stuck and it can be um, It can be tough to get out of it sometimes. Um, Now, in the um, PowerPoint, if you have a look at this first page, um, getting unstuck. Might go to number two if that's all right. I don't have a little clicker. So I'm so glad I've got help with the beautiful people on the sound desk. Spinning out. Stop the world, I want to get off. Who's ever felt like that? What about in the last two years or so? Man, it's been shocking, hasn't it? It's been a crazy ride, and um, you know the ride continues because we live in a fallen world, and and that's you know just part of life. We have challenges, and sometimes it can feel like a dizzy ride or a roller coaster. So today we're going to just unpack what it means to be in a space where we're spinning out and we get stuck. Um, I love this, um, this next saying that talks about um, darkness and overcoming darkness um, what darkness did you conquer in your story mountains do not rise without earthquakes yeah. you know when we see people that are I guess prominent in what they do in the world they've often come through challenges to get there You know, there are not many people that just get it handed to them on a silver platter. You know, I think, you know, particularly people like Joyce Meyer or, you know, people that are just, you know, they seem to have reached, you know, some kind of excellence. They've pushed through great challenges. I think of people even like um, Colonel Sanders from KFC. So, at one point, he was on social security checks, so that's America's equivalent of Centrelink. But this guy had so much faith that you know what he did? He took that social security check, spent it all on the ingredients to make fried chicken and went door to door, selling it by the bucket load. That's how he started KFC. Wow! He was down and out, had no money, took what he had and invested it. I think about people like Walt Disney, who used to work for a newspaper and was... Retrenched from his job and told it was because he had no good ideas and lacked imagination. <laughs> Lucille Ball was told that she couldn't dance and she should just put her best foot forward and step out. Can you imagine a life without the laughter of Lucille Ball? You know, Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team. You know, the words that people speak have weight. The words that we speak to ourselves, about ourselves, about others have weight. They've done experiments even with pot plants where they've taken the same plants with the same health. We've put one in one room, one in another and had people talk to the plants. Give them the same amount of sunshine and water and nutrients The ones that are spoken negatively do shrivel up and die, and the ones that are spoken positively too, um, they grow and they thrive. Imagine what it can do if we could speak life into people. God spoke the world into existence. What makes us think that our words are any less powerful when they're in the authority of God? Amen. All right, so everybody's been through stuff. We talked about this morning that everybody has a story, that every story matters, that your story matters because you have the opportunity to emerge stronger and help the next person up. You know, if we all live by that principle, imagine how good it would be. You know, you have to grow through what you go through. Okay? All right, next slide, please. Do you like rides? Who likes rides? (laughs) Me? What's your favourite? Roller coasters? Yeah. Yep. There's some pretty good ones out there, isn't there? Well, my friend um, at school, Leah, funnily enough, I brought her to Jesus as a teenager. That was funny. She went on to be a youth pastor for a while. That was good. But she, um, she went to the show in Benalla and they had all the rides and they had the cha-cha. Has anyone been on the cha-cha where you've got, like, the three seats and it kind of spins around as it goes around? She decided that she would go on the cha as many times as she could. I think she got there about eight times, got off, had vertigo so bad she couldn't even walk. And um, we had to call her parents to come and collect her. She was so sick, like really, really bad. <laughs> but it's like sometimes our minds can do that, right? We start ruminating and thinking about things, and we go around and round in circles. Or we get into stressing about our problems, and I'm preaching to myself here too, you know, and we go around and round and round. It's like we get on this ride and we want to get off, but we can't, and we give ourselves spiritual vertigo. We get burnt out, we get depressed, we get into breakdowns and all of that kind of stuff. We get caught in the pain, maybe, of what we're going through. It's huge. and. you know, it's um, it's it just leaves us reeling, yeah. and when we sometimes when we get off, we can't even take the next step mm-hmm. because we're so wound up by the ride we've been on or the trauma that we've had that we don't know what to do, yeah. and we end up immobilized. So we've got to learn to balance. Um, things in life to a point that we can actually get off the ride, that we can take that next step forward. And that ride looks different to all of us. Um, You know, balance in life, I think, you know, God created originally for creation to be in equilibrium, right? So, what we sow in and what we look after comes back to us. So, for example, God's created the dirt, right? It's got all the nutrients that it needs in it and a seed goes into that and it draws up what it needs to be able to grow and produce fruit. And that one seed, like you think of something like, I don't know, like a passion fruit. You cut a passion fruit open, there's more seeds than what we can deal with, right? But God doesn't just do that... Well, he does it automatically because he's God. But what I'm saying is that that then produces the fruit that we eat that gives us the nutrients we need... We've been given the job of tending the garden, so to speak. And so everything has this perfect balance in life. What we receive, we also need to give back, okay? Days and nights, you know, we have a sunrise and a sunset for a reason because we need to get enough rest. And so God's given us those, those um, signals in nature that we need, when we need to be awake and when we need to sleep everything has a balance sunlight you know what we think of when we think of sunlight we think of joy and happiness right well it's the sunlight on our skin that gives us a vitamin D which gives our body the ability to make serotonin which then feeds the happy happy chemicals it's the happy chemical in our body that helps the synapses of our brain to you know to create that joy If we have all sunshine and no rain, we have a drought. But if we have all rain and no sunshine, we have a flood. Do you see what I'm saying? Like God's just created that. And I think within us too, if our equilibrium's out, if we're not getting enough sleep, if we're not eating well, if we're not connecting with God enough, if we're not in good relationship, if we don't have enough financial stability, any of those things go out of balance and it knocks us out. And we've got multiple things out of balance we can end up being stuck. Yeah. It can often be a culmination of things. All right, but it's not all sunshine and rainbows. And, and here's the truth. When you're stuck or when you're in a situation that's, you know, really tough in life and we need to kind of push through it and we need to grow and we need to learn and, and we've got to do that process, it's not one that's easy. As much as some people would, you know have us pretend that it would be just have faith just have no god's given us a full life you know he's given us principles to live by here's the real truth personal growth is misleading because it sounds like it's going to be fun but if we called it deliberately making yourself so uncomfortable it'll feel like you're dying nobody would do it and we'd be totally screwed (laughs) and it's true And sometimes, and I know this when I had counselling clients, I would get people that would want to come to me for help. And that's great, but they didn't want to do the work. They wanted me to sit there with a magic wand and tell them what to do and go ding or give them the answer. And they weren't prepared to do the work themselves. People in their marriages that didn't, you know, one of them doesn't want to do the work. Well, without both people being on the same page, it's just not going to work you know? And so we have a responsibility because God's called us to go. God's called us to grow. God's not called us to sit in our mess. God calls us to move forward and it's a little bit like a butterfly. If you've got, you've got a butterf- uh, butterfly, right, it doesn't start out as a butterfly, does it? It starts out as a caterpillar. Can you imagine spending all your life living like a caterpillar? that the only thing you do is crawl around munch on some leaves have a sleep get up the next day go through the motions munch on some more leaves but God didn't call the caterpillar to stay a caterpillar that was only a season but that's what we do we get in we get stuck we go crawling along the leaves, munching on the leaves, going to sleep, waking up the next day until we get to the point we are so stuck, we have no purpose, we feel like that and we have a little meltdown and we wrap ourselves up in a cocoon and we isolate ourselves from the world and we get bound up in our own stuff and we have a meltdown. But it's in that meltdown, it's when everything falls apart and everything... It's all messy into a soup that God does His work of transformation. Yeah. And it's in that work of transformation that God takes that mess and He reforms it into something beautiful. And then there's a struggle. The formed butterfly has to push its wings and pump its wings to get the blood flow glow- going. ...as it breaks out of the cocoon and then it has to sit there and pump some more. It's not all just done. Once they break out... ...and then the butterfly has to be ready to fly. And some of you would have heard a story about that... ...where someone helped the butterfly out of the cocoon... ...and the wings were just shriveled... ...because the butterfly didn't push through... ...and do the work it needed to do to form properly. We can't skip out on our personal growth... And the beautiful thing about a butterfly is it never sees its beauty. It can't actually look back and see the beauty of its wings. And yet it spreads it wherever it goes. You know, we're like that butterfly. Except we get a choice about whether or not we stay stuck. But that's not God's will for your life. And that's not what you're called to do. And it's actually not the life of a Christian. So here's the payoff, doing that hard work and deliberately making yourself so uncomfortable you feel like dying <laughs> is that it will change your life. Yeah. And not only will it change your life, but it will change the lives of people around you. Yeah. The decision I made to follow God and to forgive my parents, all three of them, when I say three, because I didn't have an issue with my step Um, was that I chose to forgive. I released myself from that pain and that bitterness and I cleared the way between God and between them. And do you know, I've I've been able to restore relationships with all of those people. In fact, last year, my stepdad took my hands across the table and apologised for the way that he treated me and for what I'd been put through in in front of people in a restaurant. Uh, My mum and I are super close, like, we just have the best relationship, I see her nearly every day, Um, and my dad, you know, as you heard, you know, I got to actually have some time with him before he passed, but had I not done that, I wouldn't have released them being able to do that apology or to make things right in the way that they needed to. The relationship couldn't be restored and sometimes even when you're not in the wrong, you still have that responsibility because by freeing yourself, you actually free them and you can restore relationship, right? It's hard. No one's saying it's not hard. It's really hard but it's possible and it's, it's needed. And you know what? If they don't respond, you've cleared it for you and you've cleared anything between you and God, right? What they then do with that is their responsibility. Those of you that read Every Heart's Cry, you know, you would have known that teaching. We did on that with forgiveness. So here's the thing about getting stuck. We're going to play a little video. And I deliberately wrote that. I wasn't trying to be rude. How the hell did I end up here? And the reason I used that language was because it can be hell when we're stuck, Literally. Okay, so I want to tell you about this. This is me. This is a true thing that happened. I got bogged at my friend's house. So if we could just rewind it and pump the volume up, that'd be great, but we'll just pause it because I just want to say something here. So what had actually happened, see the driveway? My friend lives just out of Geelong at Bannigburn. And there was gravel on, like, this side of the road. So I'd parked there and I was lazy, instead of doing a really hard turn and reversing and going out the driveway, I thought I'll just do a wide turn and get off, not knowing there'd been about eight centimeters of rain or something in the days before. So I pull out and um, it just looks like dirt but it was only dry on the top and I got bogged as soon as I went in and could not get the car out. Um, Luckily my sister-in-law and her husband live just down the road. And were able to come and get me out. But just have a listen to um to what happened here when my friend Crystal filmed it, what I was told to do. Okay, drive out slowly and don't go up the back of him. Okay, so I had no idea how to get out. I couldn't do it on my own. I needed someone to be able to, that knew what they were doing, that had done that before to to get out. I didn't even have the tools to do it, right? He had to take this little screw thing that's apparently in the boot under the spare tire, who knew, screw it into some hole in the front of the car, tie the rope to it, tie it to his car, and then him pull me out. And that's the thing, isn't it, when we get stuck? in life, we don't see it coming. We don't even realise the danger sometimes in it. It gets really messy. Often when we just feel like everything's looking squeaky clean and good in life and then bang. Um, The more we spin on our own and ruminate on things, the more focus we put on the hurdle, or the problem and the more we get stuck and the deeper the pit goes and that's what was happening with me. The wheels were spinning and it was just making the hole deeper. We need help to get out by someone who's equipped with the tools and experience to identify the issues and show us how to get out. Um, Being stuck sucks because we often can't see a way forward. Where did you get stuck? How did you get stuck? If you're not stuck right now, what are some of the things that have got you stuck? Maybe it was toxic relationships or a bad marriage, abuse or addiction. It might have been finances or resources, not having them, not being equipped. Maybe you had some kind of addiction and maybe it was one of the nice addictions that we pat people on the back for, like workaholism or perfection or a judgmental attitude or a fear of what others think. What's keeping you stuck? Are you getting a payoff for staying that way because when you talk about your problems, people actually seem to care? Is it your own thinking? Are you listening to the enemy who tells you you can't, that you're not enough, not smart enough, skinny enough, pretty enough, financial enough? Maybe you feel disqualified because of your past history or your life or your sins, your lack of education or a degree or the lack of ever having someone to walk with you on the journey or mentor you through. Maybe you've had to grow up and parent yourself. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take this advice. Not just slay your demons, but dissect them and find out what they've been feeding on. (coughs) Has anyone ever heard the parable of the two wolves? Next slide, please. You know, this is true about dissecting your demons, because if we can find out what our problem's been um, feeding on or fuelled by, then that really clues us in on what we need to deal with. We can cut off its supply and extinguish the problem. So um, the parable of the two wolves goes like this. A grandfather was talking with his grandson and the grandfather says, in life there were two wolves inside of us. And they're constantly in battle. One's a good wolf and it represents everything that's good and kind. Kindness, bravery, love. The other is a bad wolf which represents things like greed and hatred and fear. And the grandson stops for a minute and he looks at his grandfather and he said, well, which one wins? And his grandfather said, the one you feed. What thoughts or what levels of stuckness are you feeding? Now, Dr. Caroline Leaf has some great wisdom on some of this stuff. If you've ever um, seen some of her work or, um, you know, her on um, some of the presentations, she gives it's fantastic stuff on neuroplasticity and the power of thought in the brain. Uh, I love some of these quotes, though, um, Not all hers, but they're good. No thoughts are harmless. Unchecked thoughts are neurotoxic. So every time you think something sad or negative, it's toxic to your brain. And the more you ruminate and think on a particular thought, that neuropathway grows and strengthens and becomes harder to break. The same thing works in reverse when you choose to think a separate thought that's positive. Um, Worship even will grow those positive neuropathways and actually kill the negative ones. So you can reverse it. Your brain is plastic in that way. Um, Your body literally treats negative thoughts like an infection. It's inflammatory to your body. Autoimmune diseases are triggered by inflammation in the body. Um, And the brain cannot change itself. You, with your love, power and sound mind, change your brain. What does the Bible say about that? be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve and see what God's will is, his good, perfect and pleasing will. It also talks about taking every thought captive unto Christ because if we take our thoughts captive unto Christ, then Christ deals with them, right? It's a spiritual battle. All right, so this is where we're going to get into a little bit of practical stuff here. I'm not going to do it now. Um, I've got some worksheets that I'm just going to explain to you here as we move through. Um, And I've given the copy to... uh, Sorry, I'm going to give the files to Mel. So if you want copies of this afterwards to do some work yourself, you're more than welcome to do that, okay? Because I want you guys to be equipped to be able to deal with this stuff. So next slide. So taking thoughts captive, false beliefs... So you have an activating event, a belief or a thought associated with it which creates a consequence um, which leaves you with your d which you need to dispute those thoughts with truthful evidence and take thoughts captive. So the activating event might be you're afraid of public speaking. So you get the news, you've got to give a presentation. So your thought or your belief might be I'm going to make a fool of myself, it's going to be awful, I'll be shaking, my mouth will be dry, people will laugh at me and the consequence is it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So you do, you get anxious and the thoughts. You maybe can't concentrate, your heart might pound. Um, You know, you can't concentrate when you're trying to put the content together. You feel ill, you might even throw up. You can't stop thinking about it. But you need to challenge that thought. So hang on, what actual evidence do I have that I'm going to make a fool of myself? It's yet future. Take the thoughts captive. Give it to Jesus. Find a scripture that counters that. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. All right? So the dispute then would be There is no evidence. It's just an irrational fear. I haven't even stepped out on the platform yet. How will it look when things go right? Flip the script on it. Flip the script on it. There's a saying that says um, of a little bird that's sitting on the nest, precariously trying to fly for the first time. And it says to Mama Bird, but Mama, what if I fall? And Mama Bird says, oh, darling, but what if you fly? What if you fly? So Caroline Leaf also says, there is so much freedom and healing that comes when we accept that not every thought is a fact. Okay, not every thought is a fact. Okay, next slide. All right, so the sheets that you'll get um, are just blank. So whatever thoughts that you're struggling with, this gives you an opportunity to actually work that through yourself. All right, next one. Oh, identify, this is fun. (laughs) It means to establish or indicate who or what something is. right. When we identify something, we recognise it. We understand what its characteristics are. We understand how it behaves, what it can and can't do, what its potential is, how it works, what its purpose is, and maybe even why it's not working and how it shouldn't be used, all right? So if I took a pair of scissors and held them up, you would say, I'd say, what's this? And you'd say, a pair of scissors, what's it used for? Oh, to cut paper and do craft. Okay, well, give me a finger. No, you're not to use it for that because the consequence is that it's going to cut your finger off, right? So in the same way, factors in our past or our, even our current life that are affecting our wellbeing need to be identified so that we can deal with them and use what we need to, to use to deal with it appropriately, right? We need to use it to our advantage and to maximise it. And that's where that whole... Principle of flipping the script on our story or flipping the script on our situation is where we get to look at the opportunities to use what we've been dealt. I could have sat in my past and my pain and my grief and my abuse and lived out a miserable existence feeling bitter and sorry for myself. We all have the opportunity to do that if we want to but what benefit does it do you or anyone else when you could actually grow through that and speak life because you know even as a mentor we can only take other people as far as we've come ourselves right we should never mentor someone in a situation that we haven't been in but the work that I can do right like there might be someone else in this room that's been through abuse right and they've worked through it and they can also help others But just because I'm up here doing it and I've got a ministry and doing whatever doesn't mean that the other person can't. Like talking with Fiona earlier, she also mentors. But she's here in Ballarat, I'm in Geelong. Do you know what I mean? God will put people in her path on a certain given day because he's placed her at this point in time for such a time as this. So don't despise where God's put you. Whatever ministry you're doing in your workplace or with your family, if God's called you to raise your family at home, or if he's like me that he's called you to television and radio and speaking, it's irrelevant. It's no less valuable or more valuable in any space. It's about being faithful in every single moment and keeping yourself as personally grown and as healthy as you can be in every way. And it's about allowing yourself to turn it over um, to Jesus. Next slide, please. If I had have written this, I would have put trust God and yourself enough to let go, shift and uproot. Give yourself permission to shed what you used to be. You are allowed to start over and find new ways to bloom into your best self. Because your life is not your own. You were bought with a price. God has a purpose and a plan for everything you say and do. It's a really beautiful, sweet responsibility. But what do we do when we find that things are out of balance? Well, this is a really good tool that I love to use, and Mel can attest to this because she's done one of these before. It's called the Life Wheel. And what it does is it takes all different aspects of life and allows you to grade where you think you're at on any given category. So, what you do is you colour it in on number one being the least satisfactory to you to number 10 being most fulfilling. So, if we were all perfectly living in heaven, which we will one day, hallelujah, (laughs) our circles will be full to the brim. We'll all be at a 10, we'll look like a lovely rainbow and it'll be all gorgeous. But it's a really powerful way to get a bit of an overall view of how life's faring for you what you might need to work on or what's going great and why it's working even what's working well Um, so each area is mapped on that circle and and you'll have an opportunity if you want those sheets to be able to do that and what I love about it is you can very quickly see what's working for this person like their self perception is quite low and yet they feel like they're um, you know, their job is at like a nine. So they're happy in their job, but they're not particularly confident with themselves, for example. Their spiritual life is, you know, pretty good, but maybe not as good as it could be. So what we then developed was a breakdown of the life wheel. So each of those categories on the wheel have questions that you can go through to just break down what it is that's working and not working for you. So am I spending enough time with God? How often am I reading or consuming media that strengthens my spiritual journey? How close do I feel in my connection with myself and God? And I've put all the universe because I did a Vic Uni presentation and I had to cater for people who don't have a faith. Um... So, it's crazy, isn't it? Um, So, all of those, we'll just flick through the next ones, please. So, it's just showing each of those categories then that you'll have an opportunity to go through. And, of course, your own opportunity. Next slide. Unique being. So, another place where people often get stuck and sometimes even after they've worked out their issues but then... You know, you step out with God once you've become a Christian or once you get over an issue and it changes you. I was never the same person after I lost my son. It awakened me to new things. I had a lot of spiritual growth, a lot of personal growth. There was compassion that I learned in that situation for other people. I was never the same again. And none of us stay the same during life. There are things that that grow us and twist us and change us, there will be things that would be really judgmental about earlier on until maybe we go through some stuff and (laughs) we find ourselves being hypocrites (laughs) and we change our attitude, excuse me. (coughs) Oh, hang on, I can't even mute it. (coughs) Um, And so there are multiple times in life where we need that fresh start, right? We need that identity and sometimes we can even find ourselves getting a bit lost And I remember having a situation a few years back where I needed to just get back in touch with who I was in Jesus and what were my likes and dislikes. I couldn't even remember how to have fun like life had got that full on. And I remember just sitting on my bed one day with a bunch of coloured pens and a great big A2 art pad. And I'm like, what do I even like? Like, who am I? I don't even know. So I started with food. What brings me joy? What do I like? Custard. Anything custard. Roast lamb. Which, I don't know how that's going to work in heaven if there's no death, there's no lambs. (laughs) Jesus is the lamb of God. Are we going to eat roast lamb in heaven? That would kind of be weird. Is that like eating Jesus? I don't know. Um... (laughs) I'm sorry, <laughs> we digress. <laughs> um, you know, and I started with that. And then I thought about, and this was about getting really real with myself, right? Because for a long time I was part of a denomination that didn't even agree with wearing jewellery, but I like earrings, and I like, you know what I mean? And so I'd played that tune. I don't anymore, obviously, I have earrings in. So this is about being really true to who God created me to be and what my true convictions were without any input from other people, right? This is just me and God. Even down to what do I like to wear? What do I feel likes my identity? I like jeans and a pair of sand shoes and a white t-shirt and just, you know, whatever. I went through, man, just all sorts of stuff. And I'll show you this in a minute. And the reason that that's so important is because we need to remember what that's like. And particularly if we're stressed, like what do you do to relax, for example? So for me, I couldn't relax. I was like, what do I do? If I could do anything, what would I do? I thought, well, I'd have a massage. What else relaxes me? A hot shower? Chocolate. Cho- <laughs> Chocolate. <laughs> That's it. You know, hanging with friends, having a cuddle. And so all of a sudden, I started just being able to remind myself, creating a toolbox for myself... That when I needed to relax, I could go to, man, I'm that stressed, I can't even think about or I don't know what to do for myself. I could go to those places. I could write that list of scriptures for different situations that I needed to turn to. Um, So I've also created that for you as well. So the next line, what do I value in relationships? What are my personal values in relationships? So for me, it's things like authenticity, Loyalty. What beliefs or um, causes do I stand for and why? You know, what are the things that I'm passionate about? Why do I believe what I believe? What are my natural God-given talents? And if you don't know what they are, jump online and do a free spiritual gifts inventory. That's a great way of um, being activated into your gifts and callings if you haven't done that. Um, What are my favourite things to relax? What are my favourite things to eat and drink? Now, some of this sounds so simple and, like, not important. It's so important. Because, you know, self-care is something that we so miss and it's so needed and God so just set the example on. Like, so many times you'll read in the Bible that Jesus took himself away from the crowds, away from the disciples and he went up to the mountain and just had time with God, he had time out. He put himself in time out. And, you know, we often read that verse in the Bible about love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and love your neighbour as yourself. And we read that and we go, well, but we're last in that order because otherwise it would be selfish. Actually, it's not. It says love your neighbour as yourself. So if you don't know how to care for yourself, and you don't know how to love your neighbour, how are you gonna? Sorry, you don't know how to love yourself. How are you gonna love your neighbour? How do you know how to do that if you don't know how God loves you, and how you love yourself, and how you take care of yourself? How can you fill other people's cup if your cup's empty? And we all do it. I'm the first to admit I'm really can be really bad at that. Um, What do I find funny? The joy of the Lord is our strength. It's medicine for the soul, the Bible tells us. You know, what are some appropriate funny things? What are, the, what are the best jokes you know? What are the funniest movies you know? Who in your circle do you know you can just let loose with and have a ball? You know, what kind of things do you like to... to um you know, to just goof off. Mark and I brought a thing in where we'll often do pranks and stuff with the kids. We've had food fights and stuff and, you know, all sorts of things. I drew on his head when he was asleep <laughs> last year and I videoed it and put it on Facebook. <laughs> you know, like, and I love it. I love it when he comes back and does that. Create fun stuff. Who are my favourite people and why? Who and what inspires me and Why? You might want to put a salami in the toilet bowl or something. Or do what I did to Mark and do the whole glad wrap thing, pull it really tight so it looks like there's no one, nothing there. (laughs) I didn't even have to clean up the mess. That was the best bit. Um, (laughs) What are my favourite styles of clothing? And if you don't know what your style is, ask Mel. She'll sort you out. Um, What are my favourite hobbies or pastimes? This is one that gets so missed. So missed. What are your hobbies? This is one where I ask people and they actually don't know what it is. And often they'll come up with something that means serving someone else or looking after someone else. No, what do you like to do creatively or in a relaxed space where you can be creative? doesn't matter what it is. It might be something digital. It might be getting the the clay out or drawing or maybe it's craft work or you know, crocheting or sewing or knitting or, you know, whatever that looks like for you. Maybe it's photography. Find hobbies and practice them. What are you, where are your favourite places? What are your greatest achievements? Do you get the idea? What's on my bucket list? This one's really important. And when we say bucket list, nothing is outside of the realm of possibility because what your circumstance is right now is what, not what it'll be in the future. I had this dream always to go to a tropical island, It never been, was talking, never had the money to do it, all the travel I've done has always been God opening up a door for ministry and it being paid for, I've never had to do it on my own, so I wanted to, I thought I'd love to go to a tropical island, I just needed some rejuvenation, I had some big decisions to make, talking to a friend about it at lunchtime, no joke, I get back to my desk And there's a guy who is head of a lot of churches for a particular denomination in New Zealand that I had to call back. He asked me to do two speaking engagements, one in Yumea and one on the Cook Islands to minister to all the pastors. And so I got to go and God, like, heard the conversation and he already had it organised. They already had me pegged to go and do it. And I got to sit on Rarotonga for, like, a week and... You know, and speak into people, but also have that time out and make those decisions. And God did some beautiful things during that time. So maybe your bucket list is to travel, maybe it's to do up a car, maybe it's, to, you know, whatever. But the thing about a bucket list is that it shows us that there's still things that you want to live for. Yeah, okay. If there are things that you haven't done that you would like to do, God can make a way for it to happen. All right, He wants to give you the desires of your heart. Next slide. God can take your biggest mess and turn it into your biggest message. Do you think we've made that clear enough today? <laughs> the testimony this morning, and then what's happened to now? And I, you know I want to be able to give you the tools to, to do that. Um, you know when I first started um, speaking and everything and um it was huge because my journey after i started preaching and everything was that i had a call to ministry in bendigo I pastor or assistant pastor there for a few years ran a community center did a bunch of staff ended up getting counseling qualifications i wrote every heart's cry about 10 years ago only obviously put the teaching together and revised it last year with the videos and stuff um I'd done all of that, did a documentary series where I um, went to all different places around the world as a presenter on this um, worldwide documentary that won awards around the world. And I got to go to the garden tomb in Israel and I got to stand in the military zone for North and South Korea and literally stand in a building where I was in both zones. I had North Korean rock soldiers pointing guns at my back while I was delivering lines. I got to go to um, Las Vegas and, you know, film there and all different parts of the world. Got to go to France and meet Mr Lacoste, has the Lacoste Clothing Company, and interviewed him. And, um, you know, it was just it was an incredible experience. But it was a door that God opened and then obviously you know we'd get invitations to speak everywhere and so I got to do that but everywhere that I went and I would share my testimony and teach on whatever I'd been called to people would always pull me up and they would say the same thing they'd say Danielle thank you for being real thank you for being brave enough to share your story this is what happened to me And so often I'll just stay back after an event, and I'll just chat with people, because God's put me here to do that, like He has today, right? And everybody's story matters. But at that point, here I was with just, um, you know, sharing my story, and I'd done the D -D series, and I had all that stuff, but I didn't yet have every heart's cry. I didn't yet have my counselling qualifications. And so I'm travelling around and, and I'm like, this is great. You know, I can come in and I can inspire you all and um, share my story and you might get a breakthrough or you get some inspiration and that's awesome, but what happens when I leave? Because I don't live in your local community. I don't know where the help is. Sometimes I would go into a church that would just not be necessarily a safe space because they weren't maybe open to dealing with real life issues. Praise God. For family life church though hey that you guys have that safe space here it's amazing and nurture it and love it and support your pastors in it um and so i thought well what am i going to do and i sat with god on it because i just had such a burden that i was going in and i couldn't do life together with people i didn't i couldn't leave people with the tools that i'd had i couldn't Um, give people what I'd had in the sense of relationship and being able to do life together with people like people had done with me. And so God called me to start Brave Enough. And he magically, amazingly, supernaturally, however you want to call it, Uh, gave me the ability to build a website and to start writing resources and to get my counselling qualifications and to write every heart's cry so that no matter where I went, that there was resources that I could send people to to be able to get the help that they needed. And so um, it's been an incredible journey. And so as I finish today, do you mind if I just share a little bit about what we've got in case it's something that might be helpful to you or someone you know that you're ministering to? Okay. So brave enoughs now a registered charity, um, and so we are moving together to try and, you know, continually grow what we do. and And we've um, got some beautiful volunteers. Sharon's here with me today. Um, she's a pastoral volunteer, so she runs our. Um, our prayer arm of the ministry so any prayer requests that come through on Facebook we have a private Facebook group that people can just join and and be prayer warriors for Brave Enough or ask for prayer Um, and so she takes care of all of that and she also runs our Cafe Connections program so we partner with a local cafe in Geelong by the beach at Rippleside And we um, have people in the community who can just come in and pay a coffee forward. So when we meet on a Saturday or if I have to go and meet with someone or if Sharon's got someone she's um, leading pastorally, they can go in and get a free coffee and just have that time of connection. And, I mean, we've got people that are dealing with mental health issues that have got people that are... like husbands that are dying. We've got um, some people that are part of... um, you know the forgotten generation and all sorts of people that are just can get support there um, and just be loved on um, we also have brave enough care line which is a free call one number that people can call anywhere in australia and get prayer or a caring conversation or referral to a christian counselor across australia we also have the mentor coaching of course um, next slide Um, We have a podcast that I do with my co-host Tom on real and raw stories and brave conversations of people that have overcome all different types of challenges in life. And, you know, sometimes it's just everyday people and sometimes, um, you know, we get to have some fun too. So we've had Luke Smallbone from For King and Country telling his journey through chronic illness. We've had Lindy Chamberlain on talking about forgiveness. Um, All sorts of people. We've had Francesca Battistelli's mum... Kate, I get to catch up with her in America. I'm looking forward to that. Have Ella Cunnington's dad, Francis, talking about um, his journey through abortion in the sense of um, some mistakes that he made in his younger journey and um, the grief that he went through with that um, and the beautiful heart he has on, of no judgement um, in that. Um, we've also got our blog and obviously our events like today, Um, We've also got some e-courses and uh, online challenges that you can do. We've also got a bunch of pages on life topics where we've got videos and songs and um, podcasts and um, um, recommended books on different life topics. So everything from anxiety and depression to relationships to um, abuse and all sorts of things. So if you're needing help or you're needing... To get some help for someone that you can get on and get the resources that you need which means that today i can step away and you guys have access to whatever you need to be able to help yourself or somebody else um, which we love and we're continually growing that we also have our brave to go devotionals which air on australian christian channel which have just changed their name to good i believe they've got a free app where they've got all christian movies and TV series and teaching programs and kids' shows and all sorts of things. You can just log on to Good TV and um, download the app on your phone or whatever. You can get it on Apple TV and stuff too. Um, So, you know, we love that. We love that God's opened up that platform and that we get to minister alongside people like, you know, the Joyce Myers and Greg Laurie's of the world and Steve Furtick. Um, And those are also on about... I think they're on about 10... 15 radio stations around the world too we supply the audio for those little devotionals too that people can get and um, we are just um, this is just sneaky quiet quiet so it is on the website but we haven't done an official launch yet we've just also about to launch brave radio which is an online radio station we've got all of our licensing so we have Um, a bunch of Christian music and also um, podcasts and things. A21, if you've heard of that, Christine Kane's ministry on um, modern-day slavery and sex trafficking, Um, they've given us permission to air some of their stories too, so we'll be... um yeah, able to put some of those on. You can catch Joyce Meyer and Greg Laurie on there as well. It's a lot of one-minute devotionals. It's a very different station. We don't have an announcer doing a brekkie show or an afternoon like I do at 96.3 FM in Geelong. It's purely music and podcasts, and we do have about 10% of secular music, but we curate that really well so that it's only positive or meaningful songs that are going to enhance someone's journey. We don't just play any. Secular song, um, so yeah. So there's some fun stuff in there too. Yeah. So that's what we do, and that's why we do what we do, and how that all came about. And I hope you've all been really blessed um, today, and and that you have some hope that God really can get you unstuck. That no matter what you've been through or what you even face in the future, that God has a purpose and a plan for you. That He can use you despite yourself despite what your chapter's been in the past that he can flip the script on your story and help you emerge stronger so that you can help the next person up so what i would plead with you is whatever you're wherever you're at right now whatever you've been through know that god has a purpose and a plan that he wants to take you to that next level to that next chapter Um, no matter how ill-equipped you think you are no matter where you're at you know what you can take a person as far as you've been taken yourself You've got beautiful mentors here in Pastor Andrew and Pastor Mel. I'm sure there are people even sitting here today like Fiona that already are mentors that can come around you and support you in that way. Maybe you're sitting there knowing you've got something to give. You know, come and have a chat to your pastors and sort that out. Get in touch at Brave Enough and and support if you you want that support and you want to connect. You know, we'll do what we can too. Um, We do only run with volunteers. (laughs) Um, at the moment too. So, you know, if you've even got skills that might be helpful at times, that'd be great. Um, But, yeah, and, you know, hopefully I'll be able to come back sometime and we can, you know, do some other stuff together. That would be really awesome too. And maybe next year we might do some retreats and things for Brave Enough as well. So it'd be great to have you along to some of that. So if there's anything we can help you with, um, please... Just, yeah, get in touch. Braveenough.org is our website um, where you can get the resources that you need for your your journey. Um, Yeah. And, you know, if you want to become a tribal partner and support too, uh, above and beyond what you tithe here because you've got to support your local church. um, And please do because, like, Mel and I've, you know, talked about that kind of stuff too. You know, it's... We all need to partner together right like we want to be able to equip you guys and even pastorally you know we'll be able to supply things to you so that you can do what you need to do you know and so if you don't support your local church you're actually doing the hub community hub a disservice because these guys need the facilities here and turning lights on and everything to be able to do that and so when you're tithing and you're Um, you know, you're pouring into the ministry here, that's a step of faith for you, but it also allows them to be equipped to do what they need to do and to reach who they need to reach. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. Um, So being a registered charity too, you know, as you know, anything that we do or sell or whatever doesn't go into anything other than, you know, our programs and making things possible too so even today you know you've invested in your local community just by being here you know just by showing up and I hope that you've also invested in yourselves so that you can help the next person and if you want to invest in yourself maybe you haven't made a decision for Jesus yet maybe you want to explore that a bit more maybe you've wandered away or you've had a bit of a rough time with God and you want to kind of make that decision to give your life back to him and, and to step into that next chapter, please come up here and see Pastor Mel or um, Pastor Andrew or me and you know we can walk you through that prayer and that time and come around you and support you. Amen? All right. Thanks, guys.
1: Sal, can you just put some background music on with Spotify? Um, Earlier today and even during this particular session, danny has been speaking about some of the hurt, particularly this morning, some of her own testimony, things that she's been through. And the reality is that I love the language that um, she used because my old pastor Joe used to use the same language. We all come from the same address. Yeah, we all come from the same address. I love that there's nothing that somebody's been through that somebody else hasn't been through in some fashion or form yeah, the things that we go through. And for me, a lot of the times when we can connect in that area of struggle or pain or experience, it gives us a connection. For me, I love la- I love this session, I love this morning session because it leaves us in a space now where we can decide do we want to live with the things that we're trekking with or do we want to do something about them? And so I've asked um, Danny whether she would. She's happy to. And I want to open up this time for a time of ministry, yeah, where those that are here can, can pray in their seats. But if somewhere over the course of the day something hit home yeah, where you thought, oh, wow, yeah, I, I, I can actually concur with that, I know what that would have been like, I've been through that. Actually, I'm going through that. Then I just want to encourage us all, you know, to spend five minutes to do the courageous thing and to wiggle our butts out of the seat and to move forward to what we call the altar. (laughs) You know, I know it's peach carpet that's been dyed blue, but what we've discovered over the many years here at Family Life Church is that Holy Spirit moves in a phenomenal way when you position and posture yourself in a place where he can touch you when you're real when you actually say i've got this need and i'm tired of this in this case i'm tired of this feeling i'm tired of this pain i'm tired of this struggle yeah let me say this that because one of us may come up for prayer doesn't mean there's anything wrong with that person My daughter Faith, for those of you that don't know her, Mel and I spent years in ministry where my daughter Faith would come up the front because we would have an altar call at the church before we moved up here every week. One was for salvation, for people to give their hearts to the Lord, and the other part was for prayer restoration. And every week she would make, I've got to give you a real life example here, right? So you know what I'm talking about. She would come up the front. We'd be sitting somewhere over that side. And Faith would come up. She'd get up the front. And then she'd sometimes fall to her knees. Sometimes she'd be standing. And it'd be like, Now, that's right. We do that at home. Now, my daughter is off the charts on fire with God. Mel and I used to sit here and we used to elbow each other, thinking, oh my goodness, they're going to think we're beating her at home or something, right? But now she has this um, genuine walk with the Lord because she didn't care yeah, who was beside her, who her friends were, who her youth were. She just wanted to come and have. God minister, yeah? We've been really privileged to have Danny, Mark and Sharon with us today. Let's not waste the opportunity, yeah? If there's something that you need prayer for, let's make sure that when they go back to Geelong, that they're having to punch each other in the arm because they're so tired from the ministry that they've had to give here, yeah? Like, let's make them feel like they've worked for their money. No, I'm just... no. What I'm saying is, no, no. Actually, we we're giving a love offering because we want to bless. We want to br- bless brave Brave. Oh, and you won't miss a word. So when you hit 52, you forget names, you forget words. Oh, some of you are older. You're thinking, "Oh, I can't believe I forget stuff. I do. That'll be one of the things I get prayer for. Like ask Samuel, my son. I called him Faith the other day. It just happens, <laughs> right?" And my daughters will tell you they get my dog's names. Anyway, I'm going to drop the lights here just a little bit, yeah? We don't have a worship team, so the only atmosphere I can create is Holy Spirit and what you carry within you is the power of the living God. But I'm going to ask us to start by standing, yeah? Because if I can get everyone standing, that's one step you don't have to get out of your system. And then I'm going to say, if you would love some prayer... Danny's here. I have no idea if Mark prays with you. I've got no idea how it all works, but we're going to make it up as we go along. And if you'd like some prayer, just slowly come forward. You might want to come forward in five minutes or in 10 or right now, but just feel free to come forward. Pray with those that are getting prayer. When you need to leave, leave. If you need to sit, sit. But for now, let's just pray for those that are going to come forward to have God, the living God, do something in their hearts. Is that okay? Amen.